The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Kathy Greenberg with my co-host, Dr. Relly Nadler, who will join us in just a minute. And we are your leadership development coaches. We've helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today we have a very special guest on Leadership Development News, and that is Joe Musselman. He's the founder and CEO of the Honor Foundation. Joe graduated from DePaul University with a dual major in political science and international studies, and he minored in American foreign policy and economics. His thesis work was completed while traveling throughout the Middle East. That would include, of course, Iraq, Afghanistan, Yemen, um, and Kuwait. In 05 and 06, as a civilian, um, he worked very hard in the socioeconomic climate of Iraq and Afghanistan, pre- and post-American intervention. And after his graduation, he continued his diligent leadership development through executive education certificates from Kellogg, uh, Chicago Booth, and DePaul's uh, Graduate School of Business, where he leveraged all of these experience, uh, you know, all of these experiences uh, from, I guess, beginning to end. This is just a huge resume to assist in the development and evolution of two successful Chicago-based startup ventures. As you learn today from Joe, I think you're going to meet a very provocative and innovative entrepreneur. Um, he's worked as a consultant for nonprofit agencies. Um, he has partnered with the Department of Defense and the Office of Violence Against Women. He has assisted in developing national programs to reduce gang and domestic violence. And Joe became the 16th man within his family to join the U.S. military. You know, his intention was to become a Navy SEAL. However, during uh, training, he was seriously injured. And um, although he went through all phases of training, um, his unfortunate physical, um, I'll just say disability, precluded him from achieving that goal. But I have to tell you, having stood in his office, uh, seen the awards that he's received, uh, and the fact that he was being visited within days by our JSOC lead, um, Admiral Bill McRaven, gives you some insight as to the respect uh, this gentleman has earned. Uh, you know, he still went on to serve at the Navy Special Warfare Center, and throughout uh, his recovery, um, he was a wonderful 
member of that community. He is still a member of that community in a very special way. And um, as a member of that community, Joe recognized a significant need for a transition management program, especially for members of the Special Operations Forces community that he worked with. And uh, upon his learning and doing market research in this area, he has attended close to 40 separate transition programs for veterans across the nation, and he has researched hundreds more. He personally interviewed over 200 members of the Special Operations Forces community across the nation, and as a result, he has developed relationships with over 200 Fortune 500 companies and small organizations to create what is now the first transition institute specifically designed for the Special Operations Forces community. And in 2014, the Honor Foundation discovered a true entrepreneurial partnership with the UCSD Rady School of Management. And um, as the number one business school in Southern California, together they have designed an outstanding curriculum and a program entirely tailored to fit the specific needs of this unique and dedicated group of wonderful uh, people, heroes in our special operations community. The Honor Foundation um, has a huge network. Um, they're going to be moving east very, very soon, I believe, to the University of Virginia Darden School, and Joe can talk more about that. And um, before we bring Joe on to the show, I just want to make sure that everybody's tracking with us here on who we are and what we're doing. We are, of course, uh, Leadership Development News. Relly Nadler is my partner. And we are now top-ranked, I think, fifth business show on the Voice America Network with millions of listeners in 27 countries and 126 cities. And uh, we get as many as 95,000 downloads a month. And we are so fortunate. And I am really, really happy and fortunate and privileged to be a co-host with Dr. Relly Nadler for seven years now. And Relly, as you may know, is a master level certified executive coach. He's a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise and emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And as you know, his top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides all of us with hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and in ourselves. And you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads, assessments, and tools to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, including his free iApp, which is called Leadership Keys, which is also available at the iTunes store. Welcome, Relly. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be here. I'm really excited to uh, to hear a little bit more about the Honor Foundation and what Joe was uh, doing. So this would be uh, very exciting. And so let me just say a word, you know, to our listeners about who don't know you. Dr. Kathy Greenberg is been called the first lady of of happiness by ABC TV. She's authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness. What happy working mothers know has been a uh, number one and number two. Uh, bestseller you know, on New York Times and in Wall Street Journal. She touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, and radio personality. And her newest book that's about ready to be released, so, so wait for it, is Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, will uh, be released in a couple weeks, and you can go to her website, 
drkathygreenberg.com. And Kathy also has uh, a free iApp uh, called Your Happiness Now, and it's available at the iTunes store. And you just type that in, and you'll uh, get it. So thanks, Kathy. Well, Riley, I'm very excited today to have Joe with us. Um, I recently had the very good fortune of spending some time with Joe at the Honor Foundation out in San Diego. He is an amazing young man with an amazing story. And um, I think without further ado, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring Joe onto the show and, um, and get underway unless there's something you want to tell us about why we do the show or any other I'll just say a word and then we can hear from Joe. Yeah. You know, a lot of what our listeners, why they listen to our show is we always want to give tools and tips for these next emerging leaders. Forty percent of organizations say they do not have enough new leaders who are going to move into these uh, top positions. So we always want to give you key tips, and, and Kathy and my sweet spot is talking about emotional intelligence, emotional and social intelligence, positive psychology, being a fearless leader. And so uh, with Joe here, one of the things, Joe, we want to bring you on, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real honor to be on here with you both, Dr. Nelly and Dr. Kathy. Oh, that's great. Well, we want to hear about the Honor Foundation, but we always ask this question to start off with. Who have been some of your main influences, you know, for you as a leader in your past? It gives us a little window into kind of who you are and, what, and what's made you who you are. Sure. Um, well, three distinct leaders come to mind when you ask me that question. Uh, number one, I would have to say my father, uh, who was a, a huge inspiration to me growing up, uh, on, the, on the little things, on paying attention to the details. And I think the more we read in, you know, articles from HBR and, you know, Stanford Social Innovation Review, and Dr. Kath and I even spoke on this, it's the little things that count. And my father growing up would always reinforce that ideology with me growing up, so I would have to attribute the first leader to be my father, who also served um, in Vietnam. It was a big inspiration for me. You know, the second inspirational leader I would say that comes to mind uh, is the community itself that I'm now serving uh, or continuing to serve. You know, Kathy mentioned uh, the members that I work with are within the Special Operations Forces community, and these aren't your typical military. Um, They're not military in transition. These guys are executives in training. So I have the honor to coach them throughout a time in their life, which is their transition from the military, to the private sector, but at the same time, they're coaching me uh, on how to become a better leader within my organization. These men have led hundreds of combat deployments uh, in a time of our nation's war when we needed them most to do the most surgical missions and tactical missions that we've ever seen uh, as a country. So to have the opportunity to be here for them uh, and learn from them as they transition has been a huge impact uh, to not just myself, but the entire organization's um, that, I, that we're running here at the Honor Foundation. So my second example of leader is are the guys themselves. I'm learning a lot from them uh, as we continue to build out our program. Number three, Kathy actually mentioned him earlier. When I first started designing this, I was looking at the leader, the individual who is spearheading uh, the majority of operations out of the Special Operations Command, which is Admiral uh, Bill McRaven. Uh, he's very innovative. His uh, predecessor before him, Eric Olson, Admiral Eric Olson, was also an innovator, uh, also a Navy SEAL. And watching them implement new ideas and new programs at the SOCOM level uh, and then just taking off with them and making them happen for the community uh, itself and also the guys, the families, the spouses, resiliency programs, um, 
have been a, have been a true example to follow. Uh, and we recently had a wonderful opportunity to sit down with him, and and it was a really it was a, it was a really opening experience to uh, not just the obstacles that we have to face in the future, but also how we can expand our programs to take on more and more members of the special operations community as we advance east. So those are my three examples of leaders that I would say. You know, Joe, what I found so exciting in the little bit of time uh, that we had together, I think we we spent about two days uh, over at the Rady School, Uh, you know, we've described your dedication to seek out and bring together the world's leading professors and industry experts, uh, both locally and, and globally, to serve our nation's most elite warrior professionals. And one of the things that I, uh, I learned uh, from you in the, in the time we had together uh, was your, you know, a little bit about you and your business background. Can you tell us a little, a little bit more about your story and, uh, you know, how, how you started to pursue this idea and what you had to do to get here. Sure. So it's a really interesting turn of events. You know, they always say, if you want to make God laugh, tell them about your plans. So I had a, I had a plan to become a Navy SEAL in 2009, 2010. And unfortunately, uh, I was injured early on in the selection phase of training, uh, which precluded me from achieving that dream. But you know, having trained for about two years to try to get into the program because you have to earn a specific uh, contract to become a SEAL. So after spending two years in training and then, you know, basically a year and a half, two years actually in the training pipeline, experiencing the injury, uh, it was a big blow. It was a big blow in a lot of ways. Um, Kathy mentioned that I was the 16th man of my family to serve in the military. Uh, so it wasn't so much that I, I no longer had the opportunity to become a SEAL, but I had no longer had the opportunity on the table to even serve in the military, and that was uh, a big blow. I grew up, you know, seeing uniforms in my closet from generations of my family uh, that had served in every major conflict since World War II. So this was, uh, you know, an opportunity I felt that I had lost until I had written a letter to the commanding officer and the executive officer of the Naval Special Warfare Center in 2010, 2011, asking if there was any way that I could possibly stay at the center and continue to work with the community that I, that I really wished to serve with, which was the special warfare community, um, the Navy SEAL community. And, uh, you know, I had written them a letter explaining what it took for me to get there, and then also, um, you know, my family history, and if there's any way that I can continue serving out my uh, my active duty service career at the center, that would be uh, appreciated. And, and so, you know, they, they basically said, yes, we can do that. There's a space available for you at the administration department of the Naval Social Warfare Center. Uh, and then here's the funny part. The, the next opportunity that came onto my plate was to manage a little command store. This command store was no bigger than 7 feet by 10 feet. Uh, it was where members of the community came in to get their morning coffee, uh, get a Gatorade, hydrate before an evolution, come in between meetings. And so it gave me a great opportunity to kind of sit back, and it was a real blessing in disguise, to get to know the community uh, around a water cooler, which is uh, really when you get to know people. So I was sitting in admin one day, and a master chief, which is an E9, it's the highest you can be on the enlisted side, uh, and he, you know, he basically said to me, uh, 26 years in the SEAL teams, what am I going to do now? Now, the admin department is where individuals come in to hand in their retirement packages. So I was looking at what this individual has done throughout his career, and he spoke, you know, French and Farsi. He had been to 100-plus different countries. He had built the forward operating base from the ground up, led all logistics support, all operations support. Um, You know, he had an undergraduate degree. He had a master's degree. uh, And this individual 
didn't know what was next for him. And, Joe, I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to go to a break. We're going to leave everybody hanging, but we're going to come back to exactly what you thought about somebody with that level of experience, because that is a phenomenal story. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with a uh, top performer today, Joe Musselman. And, Joe, we, we stopped you right when you were saying, here's someone with all these skills and background and, and so many missions and uh, a BA and an MA and saying, okay, now what? What do I do next? And so, you know, pick, a, pick it up from there. Sure. And, you know, when I met that individual at the, at the Abbott office, you have to understand how the military works as well, that, you know, I was in a different uniform than him. 
I had no rank or collar device. I was still I was in E three at this point in time, and he was a uh, and he was in E nine. So when I asked him this next question, he you can imagine the surprise in his face when I said, Master Chief, if you don't mind me asking, who's helping you with your resume? And he looked at me like, you know, who are you? And basically he asked that question um, in, in lesser words. But I said, you know, I'm, my name is Joe Musselman. I just recently was, you know, uh, medically dropped from training. Uh, but I, I have a lot of experience writing resumes, and I was wondering if I could perhaps see yours. I might be able to help. And he looked at me with these big eyes and said, you know, I haven't really had a chance to put one down yet, you know, putting down on paper. Uh, and, and basically he didn't have a resume complete. Yet. And then I asked him, well, you know, when are you getting out? And he said 30 to 60 days. Now, a question that I ask a lot of professionals uh, when I get in front of them trying to understand how this transition uh, works for members of the special operations community Imagine you, you two both are, are professionals, and you've been doing what you're doing for 20-plus years, and you consider yourself experts, and as do many others. If I asked you to change professions in 30 to 60 days and train to be a Navy SEAL, what would your response be? How so, do you do it? Yeah. So you can imagine that you know this individual looking to transition out of a community that he's been in for 20-plus years um, – Looked at me like deer in the headlights when I asked, uh, you know, what industry do you want to go to? What what resume uh, version are you using? Um, so, anyways, I asked him to go back, get all of his information, bring it back, and I was going to work on a resume for him. And then I started to look at his experience. This individual has been in and out of embassies, in and out of caves, negotiating contracts with warlords in Afghanistan. And then the next day, going into the State Department and giving a report on what he found, who he spoke with. Uh, what the climate was like inside different villages and provinces, and then building up small cities for our special operations forces to live in and to and to enact missions out of. So the I can't even begin to explain to you the leadership experience that these individuals have. And then they look at me when I ask them if they if they are willing to put this down on paper in a certain way, and they're so respectful and reverent of their service to this country that they almost don't want to put stuff down on their resume. Um, you know, they feel like it's bragging or, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, the, the humility that these individuals have is through the roof. So there was a real need here. I went home and looked throughout all of his experience and translated all the experience, uh, quantified the numbers of command assets and personnel managed, uh, and then the next day at 08, there he was right on time, and I showed him his resume. Uh, and I didn't put his name on top. I didn't want anyone to see, you know, who I was working on or who I was doing it for. And he walked in, he looked at the resume, and he goes, whose resume is this? I said, Master Chief, this is your resume. This is everything you have done throughout your career. Uh, you know, commands managed, people managed, assets, budgets. They, this guy was in charge of a billion-dollar budget at one point in time where the buck stopped directly with him. So then we got to talk more about his experience. Uh, and I started translating what he had done into the private sector. Um, and there's a mis, uh, you know, perception here that members of this community need to go into security, defense, contracting. Not at all. And once I get into the later, um, you know, explaining some of the research that I did after this, uh, it'll explain where these guys are right now in the private sector. But going back to that, once I completed that resume, within, within three months, I was actively reviewing 88 resumes from the SEAL community outside of this little command store, and I created this little office in the back with a dry erase board and uh, did all that I could. But that was really the beginning story of the Otter Foundation. Yeah, that is an amazing story. And, and you, I keep, I mean, just having spent time with you in the last couple of weeks, you know, I'm still on this high 
of helping you deliver your mission. <laughs> and it's just an amazing mission. Can you talk a little bit about who your partners are um, in this mission and, and how you have been taking this resume writing process now to a true four-month immersion program for these guys who are now at least um, six months to a year, sometimes two years before they're leaving the military, which gives them a much better chance of success. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the exciting this is the exciting story. The minute that I left active duty service, the next day uh, I had my very first meeting um, at the Naval Special Warfare Center at the War Command uh, with about a half a dozen of Master Chiefs explaining them what research I had found uh, and who I had already started to partner with. So from that initial resume experience of, of writing them for about 88 members of the community, each one of those individuals put me in touch with some of their brothers and their teammates out in the private sector doing great things. Uh, that led me to do a personal interview of over 200 members of the Special Operations Forces community, all who had transitioned five years plus from their respective community. Uh, and I asked them all the same 25 questions. I just was data mining this group over and over again. I met with guys in Panera. I met with them in Starbucks, in their living rooms, in their kitchens. I had conversations with their spouses, all on the pain and the pain points and the pressure points that they experienced while they were transitioning out from their community. So in a sense, my first partner were these initial 200 interviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and what I learned was I could have stopped interviewing guys after 25. It was a broken record. I didn't know how to negotiate a compensation package. I didn't understand the complex corporate culture that exists in the private sector. You know, I don't understand the differences in industries between marketing and advertising. I don't, I don't, do I want to go into those things or should I just default back to security contracting and government uh, related positions? So that led me um, to basically match up each need with uh, one of our nation's leading professors. So, for instance, uh, negotiating a contract, a compensation package. In the military, you don't have to negotiate for your position. You do your, uh, your workup, you do your deployment, you come back, you do that for a certain amount of years, you get your, your, uh, you know, your increase in rank, and then you're given new responsibilities. Most likely you walk into a command, it's someone that you know who's had that position. They give you a three- to six-month turnover, uh, and then now you're leading in that position, hoping to do uh, more great things um, than, than your predecessor in that position. So when it comes to negotiating and interviewing, uh, they need some extra help. So, you know, it wasn't really rocket uh, science. I went to Google. I typed in who are the nation's uh, leading negotiations experts. We had Maggie Neal from Stanford. We had David Scotty from the Rady School. Uh, because um, Rady was very close in proximity to the SEAL teams on the West Coast, I went to Rady. And so I asked Rady about, you know, possibly putting together a list of faculty that matched the need from each, uh, from, those ex- from the expressed needs from those initial interviews. And I've never met a bigger entrepreneur than the Rady School of Management. I walked in day one, met with a project lead in executive education. The next day I was meeting with the associate dean. The next week I met the dean of the Rady School, Bob Sullivan, who's the founder of the Rady School. It's very young. It's only seven to eight years old. Uh, and Bob, you know, basically looked at this concept of a transition institute uh, for the Special Operations Forces community, and they in-kinded me close to 8,000 square feet to incubate, to grow, to host courses, workshops, to bring in members of this community and truly learn about what it is uh, that they, and what it, what it would look like to have a transition institute designed around the needs of this community. So uh, basically our first partner was the Rady School of Management um, out of UCSD. The second partner that came out of all of this uh, was the Navy SEAL Foundation. 
the Navy SEAL Foundation has been a wonderful partner from, from almost the, the start of the Honor Foundation. Uh, we've been working with them for close to a year and a half, and this is the community that basically provides for both the SEALs, active duty, uh, and the families of the SEALs while they're deployed, or uh, if any type of tragedy assistance, education, and so on and so forth. They loved how we were focusing on education and follow-up, the 12, 24, 36 model of follow-up that we have once the guys get through our program. So our first two initial sponsors were the Rady School of Management and the Navy SEAL Foundation. That's, uh, this is fascinating, Joe. I mean, I'm really uh, just all, all ears in, in hearing about this. So, um, uh, you know, one more thing, Dr. Alec, too, if I can. Sure, go on one other set of partners that have been tremendous. So in our research of matching, you know, education components to the needs that were expressed of the guys as they were transitioning out, this has led to us to partner with faculty from Stanford University, from the GSB, the Graduate School of Business, UCLA Anderson, Dr. George Elite, who works on change management and uh, expecting to fail. Uh, and now she's going to be launching a course for the spouses uh, next month. Uh, and, and so it's led... It's led us to partner with faculty from top universities across the country, from Darden to Pepperton to Graziano School, uh, and to date we're matching up leading professors from our top business schools to address a very uh, specific need that was expressed to me throughout those initial interviews. Well, this is fascinating. So tell me, uh, you know, for our listeners, so, so what is the program? You kind of alluded to, you know, uh, 61236. What's the program comprised of? Sure. So uh, if I could give you a quick breakdown uh, on how we came to the current curriculum that we launched now. Yeah. Number one, we have pre-work. Just like any master's program, MBA program, uh, you're going to need to take some career assessments. You're going to have to take, uh, there's going to be some pre-reading. Uh, we want to know as much about our students and our fellows before they come into the program uh, as much as possible. We pass that info- information along to our faculty because every group of fellows is different. We've launched, uh, you know, basically a dozen uh, executive education programs in 2012. We launched our first pilot program of 15 Navy SEALs in 2013. Uh, now we've moved on to, a, to, to larger groups here in 2014, uh, and now we're going into Group 3 starting in September. So... The, the reason every time it's, it's different because if you've met one SEAL, you've met none. They're all very different. So we want to know as much about each individual group that we accept into our program before the program even starts. This also helps our faculty tailor their message to the needs of the group. If we have 15 entrepreneurs in our next group, well, then our, our curriculum is very flexible. Then we bring in more classes on entrepreneurialism, on how to bring a, an idea from whiteboard to startup. So if you can imagine the pre-work phase, it's all career assessments. The so, Joe, that we do hey, Joe? is called. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So let's. I mean, because I think we're going to the next break. So let's let's stop at the pre-work here, and then we'll come back and, and hear Perfect. anything more about the pre-work. Because I imagine there is the you know actual program itself. So we'll be we'll, we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. Keep on listening, and we'll hear the the next stage uh, about the Honor Foundation. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. 
At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. You're here with us, Relly Nadler and myself, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and we're talking to Joe Musselman, the CEO and founder of the Honor Foundation. You can learn more about the Honor Foundation. Joe, you're www.thehonorfoundation.org? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And uh, tell us about the topics that you focus on. I know you were saying there's a lot of pre-work. You know, we know that there's a lot of effort that goes into managing the expectation of these elite warrior professionals, and these programs are customized to their needs. But what are the top subjects that you try to cover in this four-month program? Sure. So we break our program down into into three months, into three phases. The first month is called U-Tools. The second phase is called Your Gear. And the third phase is called Your Education. So... The first phase is we really focus on the topics that pertain to these individuals. Uh, We want them to learn how to answer questions like writing your story, finding your voice, defining your purpose, understanding your principles. What is your dream job? What's your career plan? 
These are all questions that uh, members of this community, they've been so focused and dedicated on the mission at hand, uh, they never, you know, they don't go back and, and reflect on the me questions. Uh, it's always been about the we questions and their teammates and the man next to them. So the first phase, we call it the U-Tools. We need to get them speaking on their story, and then they basically end that phase with, you know, standing up in front of the class and introducing their story, uh, basically their elevator pitch, leading into their elevator pitch. If they can't speak on themselves, then when we get to phase two, um, it's going to be difficult, meaning we work on resume development. We have a business writing uh, course for executives. We have professional resume design based on all my experience uh, combining resumes uh, we build them out a LinkedIn tool. 65 to 70% of all veteran hires come off of the LinkedIn platform. Where else are hiring managers and headhunters supposed to find members of the special operations community outside of LinkedIn? They can't walk up to the field command and knock on the gate and say, hey, I want to hire guys. So LinkedIn is really their only tool. So I help the guys create um, a professional profile uh, that is respectful to their community, respectful to their service, because that's what they care about most. Uh, and then that phase, in, uh, you know, entitled Your Gear, that ends with learning how to network and connecting with others. This is not a community that looks at networking like a, in a positive light. It's almost a pejorative term. So we take that, and we brought in a New York Times bestselling author who wrote a book on networking, uh, Joe Sweeney, and, and he works with them on this message, that networking is really about a service to others, and that's something this community can understand. Moving on to phase three, your education, this is... You know, this is where we get to match each individual of this community and each, uh, each fellow that's going through our program with an executive from the private sector to come to the Rady School of Management and sit alongside one of these operators to go through executive education courses that I found to be, you know, basically the most impactful themes uh, during a transition. So we have UCLA change management on week one. And they're coming to class Monday through Wednesday from 6 to 9. We have a networking dinner from 5 to 6. And then week two, we have the UCSD rating school on negotiations and strategy. Then week three, we have courses like Stanford University, APM, Advanced Project Management. All of these guys at heart are project managers. And the last week is something really special, which is something Dr. Kathy Greenberg and I have been working on, where they go through a one-week course uh, of fearless leadership training alongside an executive uh, within an industry that they were looking to get into. Uh, and that leads them to graduation and into phase four, which is the phase four, they're in this phase for life. They can always come back and join their teammates in phase three with the executive education. We're going to constantly be uh, delivering market-ready, uh, market-relevant uh, knowledge and education to the guys so that it beefs up their resume um, in a big way when it comes to professional training. And then we put them into, uh, you know, our network of soft operators across the country. We build out a network of three to 400 members of the Special Operations Forces community who are now in senior management positions within the Fortune 1000. So that uh, is where we start on introducing them to a mentor from, from one of their own respective communities they can really relate to, and they're in this network for life. So those are the four phases broken down. It's, you know, I think that that is so fantastic. Uh, one of the things um, that I was able to, to preview when I was with Joe uh, was this whole focus on you portion uh, of the program, which really helps them define their mission outside of this uh, quiet community. Uh, it helps them to apply what they've learned about their leadership style. We're going to be incorporating uh, the EQI into their program. Uh, many of them have been assessed 
throughout their careers, Myers-Briggs type inventories, discs, um, K-1s, all kinds of, of programs that, that Joe is incorporating into who you are, what you do, who you serve, and how can you use that valuable service mentality, because as we know, the social responsibility of this particular community is off the charts, in the public sector and not only serve but have a lifestyle satisfaction and an economic foundation to support you in the future. Because these are all young people, Joe. Is, is that your – am I saying that correctly? Sure. So uh, we, we built out this program to be very representative of the actual SEAL community itself. And for those of you who don't know how the pipeline works, uh, when you come in to be a Navy SEAL, you are standing alongside officers throughout um, a year-long pipeline where officers and enlisted go through the training together. That's what, that's what really seals the bond in this community. Um, and, and so we kept it the same way throughout this program, that this is a program for senior enlisted and senior officers. Um, on average, the age is around 38 to 46, and these are top performers within their community. They don't necessarily want to leave the community. They're just retiring from this community. Uh, and so it's an interesting group to work with because they have 20 years of an executive life where they are ready to get after it in new ways, applying their skills. We do reserve 25% of this course um, uh, for uh, junior enlisted and junior officers. Um, you know, sometimes things happen in a career uh, whether it be injury um, or, you know, they, they, want, they want to spend more time with their family, which no one can argue with. Uh, so we do reserve 25% uh, of the course for the JOs and the junior enlisted. Well, Joe, this, this is really fascinating. So tell me uh, a little bit about the pairing up with someone with executives in the community. So you're saying that they, that executive in the community actually attends the training with the individual? Because that would be quite... Uh, innovative and bonding. Exactly correct. So we've partnered with folks like the Ivy Network of San Diego, the Harvard Club of San Diego, uh, and the Harvard Club of this country to, to basically do a call to action to members of the Harvard and Ivy Networks uh, of this country uh, who have reached out tremendously to the Honor Foundation. Uh, and as the individual goes through our program, as our fellows develop a, a clearer picture, every piece of this program is a puzzle piece. And at the end, we hope to create a much clearer uh, overall picture of what it is they want to do. So by phase three, when they hit the executive education portion, we know basically uh, for each fellow, three to five industries that they're, they've tested really high, uh, that they would be successful in. And most importantly, we do an interest inventory uh, alongside the career leader um, industry preference report to see not just what they test well and to do as a profession, but also what they're interested in. We, come, you know, we basically cross those two industries together and come up with our own little hybrid list of industries and jobs that they would do really, that they would excel very well uh, in the private sector, and we would reach out to our next network and pair them with one of those individuals from within that industry, either prior special operations experience or senior-level executives uh, from the private sector who are just looking to, to reach out to this community and become a mentor uh, for our guys. So, yeah, that last... Month three, that's phase three, every individual will be going alongside an executive uh, for the entire month. It, one of the things that we envision here is the opportunity for corporate America and Fortune 500 companies and companies both in the San Diego area as well as nationally and on the East Coast uh, to step up to the challenge of being 
partner and a mentor for these uh, wonderful um, elite professionals. They have a lot to offer. Uh, they yeah. have uh, a true mindset for success, and you talk about fearless leaders. Um, here's something, Joe, I just want to add to the mix, and you and I have talked about this. You know, Relly, you and I say in every, every one of our shows, there is a leadership gap right now in corporate America. We do not have enough leaders to fill the spaces necessary for talent management and leadership to endure. Um, unfortunately, we just know there's a gap there. Right. There are business schools that are trying desperately, and some, some with some success, creating programs that educate leaders and create leaders through their EMBA programs, but they don't have the practical experience that's required. My uh-huh. true feeling about this, and my true mission in enabling um, Joe in whatever capacity I can, uh, whether it's faculty or in support of a scholarship program, whatever it is that I'm doing for the Honor Foundation, is to fill that gap with these special elite professionals. I believe this is the answer to the leadership gap we're experiencing. These are trained professionals, mature professionals, with years of experience, as Joe explained, in business, in diplomacy, in negotiation, in finance management, in logistics, and in people management. And if we apply their skills to the right culture, uh, the right industries, and the right problems, I believe the solutions that they'll bring uh, will be outstanding, and they, too, will quickly become star performers in these organizations. Well, also, uh, Joe, just, just hearing about this, and, you know, and Kathy and I, we, we've worked with that population before, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, star performers and, you know, people who are really excellent in something. And, and it's interesting. I'm sure you see this, Joe. They often don't see the transition of their skills. And so both Kathy and I are very strength-based. And it's sometimes surprising to me that uh, someone doesn't see a strength in one area. They don't see how to bring that. And we, we talk about build and broaden from the positive right. psychology. How do you bring that to another area? It's already there. Right. There sometimes is whether uh, it's just knowledge or, like you're saying, humility. But it's like, well, you're so good at project management, these kind of projects, it's the same process over here. And, and, that's and right. sometimes that's a gap for them. And, Dr. Nelly, do I have time to, to address this question quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. So when you talk about the translation, my biggest obstacle that I've had to overcome is not providing the education necessary for the special operators. It's to provide the necessary education to the private sector Mm. to help them understand the technical skills that this community has. Uh, My initial conversations, I interviewed over 151 Fortune 500 businesses in six months, and I specifically targeted companies that that were basically saying they had the most military-friendly program in the nation. The two things that separates the Honor Foundation from everyone else, one, are our fellows. They are top 1% where training dollars, performance standards, and formal education are concerned. Our fellows are very unique. Number two, uh, our faculty. We have a faculty of close to 30 professors from all different universities, all coming local to serve our fellows. So they're getting the education they need. That's not the problem. The problem is building that other half of the bridge for the private sector to meet our fellows in the middle after we've educated the private sector on what their skill sets are. And if you can imagine, uh, you know, 
the outline of a special operator, you know, just a, uh, just a, a shadow image. And around this image, we present to the private sector a study and we, for every single fellow that comes through our program, and we give them the top 15 industries that their skill sets have translated directly into, whether it's production and operations management, public relations and communication, strategic planning and business development, training and organizational development, general management. And the last one, all of these guys test, you know, skyrocket through the roof around the, around the industry of entrepreneurship. Now, not all of them want to be an entrepreneur per se, but they want to be a part of a startup, perhaps, or they're entrepreneurs. They want to go into a larger business or a small to medium-sized business, and they want to drive innovation from inside out. Uh, and so once the private sector understands this talent, this is a smart business decision for them to make. So we really steer clear of the victim speak when it comes to veterans that, oh, give our veterans a job. No, give your company the opportunity to work with a member of this community because they will not disappoint you. They will not disappoint you. And this this entrepreneurial component uh, is very important because when you look at how these teams operate in these uh, very unique and sophisticated uh, environments, I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. And, and I'm yeah. sure once they get introduced to these uh, wonderful Fortune 500 supporters that you have uh, in the San Diego and Southern California area and as it grows across the nation, uh, they're going to see the relevance, uh, and the, uh, I just want to call it the professionalism uh, that, that these uh, gentlemen uh, have to bring very quickly uh, to yeah. many different aspects of the business world. They're leaders and, and followers by nature. They want to learn, and then they want to lead. Um, you know, they understand their roles really, really well. Uh, and the last point that I would make is uh, in regards to the entrepreneurship perspective, uh, what company doesn't want a natural-born entrepreneur on one of their teams? So, you know, that's, that's one thing that we really like to highlight, and we don't just partner with any company. You know, there's a lot of NPOs and VSOs out there who just want to get, uh, you know, uh, a lot of partners quickly. We vet our partners uh, to make sure that they truly get it, uh, that they want guys like this inside their businesses, and most importantly, do you have jobs? If you don't have jobs, you know, we are not running a PR campaign here for uh, your business. We want you to want to hire our guys because it makes for smart business while doing good. And you know what, Joe? I'm going to just stop you on that. We're going to go to a break. I want to remind everybody you can reach Joe and the faculty at the Honor Foundation to learn more about what Joe's doing at www.thehonorfoundation.org. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation today with Joe Musselman, who's a uh, founder and CEO of the Honor Foundation. And you can go to the Honor Foundation, www.thehonorfoundation.org. There's a lot of information in there. We'll have Joe maybe highlight a couple things. But maybe, Joe, um, fascinating program, and I know it's still kind of uh, new. Any, any kind of key success stories you want to highlight? Absolutely. So like I mentioned earlier in the call, in, in 2012, we ran about a dozen executive education programs that reached around 150 members of the SEAL community. In 2013, we launched our first pilot program with 12 uh, to 15 Navy SEALs. And there's one individual on that program that really stood out as a, as a true success story of our process and our program. This individual did not have an undergraduate degree. He was a junior enlisted man, and uh, he was looking for a job. And what makes the search always more complicated is he had to move back to a very specific place in Michigan. Now, when you narrow down a search like that, obviously it makes looking for a job more difficult. He did not have a background in engineering. He did not have his undergraduate degree. And he was competing for an engineering position with General Motors against individuals who had engineering degrees and engineering experience. Where this individual succeeded and surpassed his experience was working one-on-one with our uh, president of the Employer Development Board. His name is Dan Pinkowski, and he's out of KPMG. Dan spent Christmas vacation working one-on-one with this individual and coaching him through the interviewing process. He crushed it. He did such a good job that he went through all the rounds of the interviews, achieved a management position over individuals with engineering degrees and engineering backgrounds, and he had no undergraduate degree and no engineering experience. But what we did is we taught him how to frame his experience towards that engineering position that he all of his experience gathered within the SEAL teams, and he got the job. It was our very first success story of the Honor Foundation, Uh, and he's uh, obviously our follow-up is coming up in 12 months with him, but he's doing fantastic. Moving on to, you know, the next next part of uh, our success stories are, We work with our individuals and our individual fellows while they're active duty. When I initially did those interviews, I found that between 12 and 18 months, members of the special operations community struggle. They're either underemployed, unemployed, malemployed, or flat-out unhappy on average from 12 to 18 months after they leave active duty service. We've taken that and shifted it while they're active duty. They need to switch their mentality to learn how to transition uh, long before they go to leave their respective community. So we work with them while they're active duty 12 18 months. Over this next year, we're going to be learning a lot more about where guys go that have been through our programs, and we, we measure everything here uh, at the Honor Foundation. We're big on big data and measuring where our guys go and where they, where they end up in the private sector. And so that's the program, and we've experienced, you know, just tremendous amounts of success on our feedback uh, from our actual fellows. I guess... The next part that I'd like to talk about is a call to action, how people can get involved with the mission of the Honor Foundation and helping these, um, you know, these fearless leaders continue uh, you know, into the private sector seamlessly. And in 2014 and in 2015, we're going to be launching several fundraisers and fundraising events. Uh, if you are interested in donating to the Honor Foundation, you can visit our website uh, and click on Donate uh, for a charitable contribution. Two, 
You can donate your time. If you're looking to become a mentor, if you have some experience that you feel will be relevant to these guys going through, apply to become faculty. And then lastly, you know, spread the word. This is a national mission. In my mind, this directly relates to national security. In the 1950s and 60s, over 70 to 80 percent of our CEOs had military experience. Today, less than 15 to 10 percent of our CEOs have military experience. More of these guys need to be found within the confines of top business. And so spread the word. Get your, get your network involved to connect with the Honor Foundation. That's the biggest way that you can probably contribute to our cause. And, Joe, can you give us the website and where, what, what should they look for if people are trying to help, either sure. as, um, as part of this program we're going to run um, for, for the, you know, the corporate mentoring or for contributing? Sure. So if you're looking to, to contribute in corporate mentoring, please go to thehonorfoundation.org, um, and you can, you can click through our faculty, and there's, a, there's basically a single button that says Become Faculty, Get Involved. There's a Get Involved tab. Click on Get Involved. Click on Become Faculty. Get in touch with us today. Uh, you can also get more general information on the Honor Foundation by just emailing us at info at thehonorfoundation.org. Well, Joe, this, is, this has been really fabulous. Um, what a great mission and, and vision, you know, and like I said, Kathy and I have worked with that population, and it's got to be so rewarding for you, you know, given your background, given your family, you know, and helping people make this bridge. I mean, it's a great bridge into being very successful on top performers in the next part of their career. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, and this is my way to continue my service to this community. I was never meant to be a SEAL. Uh, I was meant to serve the SEAL community in this capacity. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to stop us. We're, we're a small but mighty team, and we're making tremendous headway uh, every single day. Well, Joe, you are doing a great service to both the corporate community and to this elite warrior professional community. And it's an honor to be working side-by-side -side with you and these wonderful professionals, and we'll look forward to more news, exciting events, and certainly learning more about your success and the Honor Foundation in the future. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor, uh, and I look forward to speaking with everyone out there who's been listening more on how you can get involved with the Honor Foundation. Well, thank you, Joe. This has been Leadership Development News. Thank you for tuning in to tune up your performance, and tune in again for another exciting show next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.